This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, we're back into the fray as we've got uh, many more topics worthy of discussion with our panel, Anthony Fury, Dave Sparrow, and Dan Moulton. Dan, let me ask you, having worked with the liberal government here, and uh, now we see the change in regime, there's a change of attitude towards a carbon tax, obviously, uh, yesterday, that was uh, next. And going forward, though, in 2019, uh, the imposition by Justin Trudeau uh, will be fought in court here uh, Saskatchewan's mm-hmm. on board. It uh, looks imminently that Alberta will join. So the real question is, is the imposition of a carbon tax the purview of the province or the feds? That's going to be central to the question sure. contested in court. Who do you think has a right to determine whether there's an imposition of a carbon tax? Well, the courts will decide uh, quite clearly uh, based on the arguments from from the provinces and from the federal government. I think the, the general consensus that I've you know re- reviewed seems to be that uh, the precedent would indicate the federal government uh, has the authority to undertake the uh, the program that they have. Uh, they provided the provinces with ample opportunity to develop their own carbon pricing or carbon uh, reduction schemes. What if they uh, want to opt out, though, which is what Ontario is saying? Uh, we choose not to participate. Well, they they can do that. Right. But the federal government created a backstop program right. that would still bring forward a, a price on carbon. Uh, they announced that that price on carbon would the revenues from that would be returned to Ontario families uh-huh. uh, in, in starting next summer, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's well within the federal government's jurisdiction. Uh, it's uh, is it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the precedent constitutionally would indicate the the federal government's able to develop programs like this. There are certain things the constitution is clear that the provinces have sole jurisdiction over. Uh-huh. Uh, the federal government still funds a lot of those things. Right. Right. So I mean, like we're we're not talking about a a, a, a you know unclear area of uh, of constitutionality. This is one of those areas. Well, how how can that. you say that though? Because that's the whole pretext for uh, Ontario uh, no, taking no, this to court. No, no. Let's be clear. It's, it absolutely is not. This really? is about politics. This is about conservative premiers trying to create problems for a liberal prime minister. <laughs> this is not about provincial jurisdiction, federal jurisdiction. This is politics. Well, all right. The, the, this is going to make its way into the court. As my understanding has it, uh, it's really a discussion of who has the purview over a carbon tax or withdrawal from a carbon tax. Anthony, you say what? Yeah, and, you know, I've heard from lawyers who, I've heard from liberal lawyers who wish that they would win this, who their interpretation is actually, we don't think we will. And I've heard from conservative people who, who wish that it won't go ahead, who go, you know what, I think it will based on my reading. So the reading is incredibly uh, divided and split on that. And whether or not uh, the constitutional provisions you look at are about uh, taxation issues or emission issues, industry and so forth, which one happens. I'm a fan of the subsidiarity principle, which says that decisions should be made at the most low local levels of government relative to them as possible. And when you have a bunch of provinces saying, uh, we don't want to do this, I think the feds should respect it. And I, I think Trudeau's fatal flaw is he didn't campaign saying, national program, you're all doing it. No, he said, if you have a provincial version that is is preferable, you can do that and I will, will allow that. So he has actually acknowledged that it is a hybrid issue, that it can be a sole provincial issue, so long as he's happy with the particulars of it. And I think that's what's going to screw him over there. All right. Well, no, no. He said that as long as the program has a demonstrable impact on carbon emissions and helps us achieve the targets that which we set Which a premier out, could figure out by themselves as well. Right. No, a- but, and but, as the Liberal government's one did before Justin Trudeau that, came along. Unless and he's the saying program he's happy that, with Which program can't do that. Which Saskatchewan's well, Okay, but that's a federal policy to, choice, though. That's, yeah. not what the, that's not what the courts are going to be ruling on. No, no. I, I agree. But you're saying that Justin Trudeau came out and said there will be a national program, a backstop, 
against provinces that fail to bring forward a plan. Ontario is failing to bring forward a plan. Saskatchewan's failing to bring forward a plan. And so there will be a federal backstop in those instances. And right, let me provinces have chosen uh, just to participate uh, in the federal backstop. Do you think uh, that the uh, imposition I, federally upon the provinces is justifiable, Dave? Well, I say this. When wind and rain and fire begin to observe and respect provincial boundaries, then it's a provincial matter. Until <laughs> oh. then, it is a federal matter and the courts can bank on that. Well, why not give it to the UN? Because they don't they don't uh, follow national borders either. You're absolutely right. Oh, darn. Oh, <laughs> I've given them that idea. Yeah, you have. Well, listen, you know <laughs> well, what? I mean, that's what the Paris targets are all about, right? I mean, there is a global... Unfortunately, There is a yeah. global target set that, you know, almost all of the countries on, on the planet have agreed to try and meet. Uh, this is about meeting those targets. No, this they have not agreed to... These, they're different, uh, different targets for every country that every country voluntarily makes. But, you know, Trump backed out of the Paris Climate Agreed. Accord and still those undocumented and foreign hurricanes came into the United <laughs> States and wreaked havoc everywhere. Well, and you know what, John? I want to see Andrew Scheer say that Canada is going to back out of this. Interesting. I think that would be great leadership. Well, let me just pick up on something Sparrow's taking us into this direction. Somewhere else, that somehow uh, all of these calamities that have been visited upon mankind, including wildfires in uh, B.C. as well as California and hurricanes and yada, yada, yada. Now you have certain communities, certainly out west. We saw that with Whistler a couple of weeks ago where the mayor there was saying to these oil and gas producers in Alberta, you got to pay your fair share. We'll put a price on the damage that you're doing to us out here. And uh, then I think the oil and gas producers canceled a conference they were holding in Whistler <laughs> as a consequence. <laughs> so if that's your serve, here's my return. Uh, do you believe that there's actually some merit then, Dave, to these municipalities asking the oil and gas producers to pay up? I think that if they took it to science and they could prove a direct correlation between what the oil and gas producers are specifically doing and the kind of climate change that is taking place, then perhaps. But I think this is a much more complicated uh, cause and effect and uh, you know, probably one of the biggest impacts on, on climate change that's suggested is the amount of meat we're eating and cows and the methane that's put off, et cetera. Wow. And so, so I'm, well, that, I'm just... That's I'm, how complicated I'm, I'm it is. So in other words... The complication is that, is that <laughs> I don't think they can draw a direct line between this and that and say, you owe us, you know, 20 cents on the dollar as a result. That's going to be a very challenging thing to prove. Well, it's a guilt trip or a shakedown uh, that anybody should bite on this. Do you think it has any <laughs> merit? I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell. How about you, Dan? No, I'm not sure how you Force it and how you expect it. I think you know if you if you have a jurisdiction and you want to create policies to help reduce pollution, that's a great thing. And I, I think that we're seeing uh, provinces uh, do that, uh, the federal government do that. Municipalities should do more of it. I think it's a it, it's a it's a good thing to have on the books as a plan to, to help get that done. And so you know if you want to regulate what's in your jurisdiction, got it. But if you want to try and extract concessions from industry outside of your jurisdiction, that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not going to work. Well, you know, insofar as the whole global impact thing is concerned, uh, the wild card is China because they keep importing coal and opening up new coal-fired plants. We export coal from B.C. over to China. Uh, I don't see anybody actually going after the coal industry there at the port in Burnaby. But uh, And you were recently in China, uh, Anthony, and so... uh, (laughs) The whole thing with the Chinese now has become uh, ever more complex and the stakes have been raised because I guess uh, the Americans are, you know, in this trade war. Uh, But you wrote about this or uh, you brought to my attention anyway an article where the uh, West may have to uh, check the Chinese imperial expansionism. Do you think they would even perhaps uh, take it militarily? Uh, Are the Chinese that belligerent? 
Uh, well, I wasn't in China to clarify. I was in Taiwan as right. a guest of their government, uh, and I met with the Minister of Foreign Affairs and, and, and Minister of Environment and, and a number of other, other people in that country there. And it was a very eye-opening trip because it was 50% about Taiwan and 50% about China because they are, are there right at the south of China, a small little country. And just the other day, China said, we're going to absorb you like we did Hong Kong, and mm-hmm. you're going to take it. And if you don't, we're going to bomb you. And they have a thousand different missiles uh, that are aimed at Taiwan that they could set off at any given time. And I, I think one thing we're going to see in 2019 is a, is a major realignment of how we look at Taiwan, uh, pardon me, of China in, in Canada and in the United States. The Huawei deal sort of first opened up our mind uh, to all of this, the arrest of, of, of that lady. And, and yes, you know, Chinese expansionism is a very real issue. They are buying out uh, seaports, airports, so many different things in African countries, Eastern European countries. They practically own many of these governments. I'm not joking here because they'll, they'll write them a $5 billion bond knowing they can't pay off the interest rate. And they say, okay, then we're absorbing your assets. And they're trying to do small plays of that here in Canada, getting our telecommunications grid, state-owned enterprises, uh, buying buying various different assets here. I mean, Trudeau, I think, showed real leadership in saying no to that Acon deal, buying out a construction giant. And we're going to have to keep looking in that direction because this is real. And what, what Donald Trump is doing here is basically he, sa- he sees that China says, we are now the world power. We are the great hegemon. And Trump's saying, no, I don't want to take it anymore. And whatever you think of him, and he, he'll leave in a few months or in four years or what have you, we got to keep on that uh, keep on that line. Yeah, but here's the risk. I mean, we've seen, if history teaches us anything, imperial expansionism by Japan in the Pacific back in the 30s and the 40s, and when they were uh, being checked, uh, that led to Pearl Harbor. Sure. And I'm just wondering if that's uh, something that, you know, might be in the offing, which is why I asked the question, are we willing to go to the mat militarily? You even foresee that as being... A prospect in, I don't know, the next half dozen years or so, whatever the timeline might be, Dan? Yeah, well, I'm sure the autocrats uh, across the globe, uh, Russia and and China inclusive, are are going to attempt to test that medal in the West over the next coming years, especially as Mr. Trump remains the president. We certainly saw the Russians doing that. Uh, over the last number of years in in Crimea, and I think we'll see them do it in in other jurisdictions. And I think the Chinese will uh, attempt to to take Taiwan. Uh, The real question that you asked, John, and you're absolutely right to ask it, is are we going to go to war over it? Are we going to actually have a a real war with China uh, over that kind of expansionism? I don't think so, and I think we're, but I do think we're going to see an increasing sense of hostility. I think we're going to see uh, an increasing escalation of a cold war with China, uh, and I think you're absolutely right, Anthony. We, we're seeing that play out over the last number of uh, weeks and months uh, among the uh, the Western powers and, and China and the increasing confrontation. Uh, that's going to be the theme of the the coming years, and I certainly think within the next couple, we'll see them try and you know do something in Taiwan. Well, Canada just signed on to this Trans-Pacific uh, Trade Deal. Uh, 11 nations, Malaysia's in there, and yeah. uh, Vietnam, and so on and so forth. Chinese won in. They're not in. Trump pulled out. Uh, yeah, but- Tara, but that, that's a great example of a decision where it was a complete foreign policy disaster for Donald Trump to be pulled out of TPP, which was directly designed to challenge Chinese economic hegemony in the region, and he just pulls out of the deal, right? I think that that's a great example of a place where we need to be continuing to foster alliances and foster economic partnership to check Chinese power. All right. Well, the Chinese uh, are making noise that they'd like in on the deal. Do we let them get in on the deal? No. Uh, no? no. 
No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Uh, nose across the board. I like it. Uh, but it's an interesting and heady discussion, certainly talking about uh, potential conflagration in the Pacific. Uh, nice way to end when we started with Rocco Rossi's tweet. Uh, so <laughs> It'd be even nicer to end with a little bit of optimism for 2019. <laughs> you got anything that good to it. say? We're two days in. Salvage I know, it. Salvage you, the you year, Sparrow. You promised me that this would be a happy event. <laughs> Louis C.K. Like performing baby. It's cold outside in China. <laughs> there you go. That's the trifecta right future. there. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, happiness comes now as uh, you're about to depart. Thank you, David Sparrow, Dan Moulton, Anthony Fury, and topics worthy of discussion. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 